Well, hello there, and welcome to Further Every Day, the podcast where we explore current events through the lens of the Christian worldview. But as many lenses have a prismatic effects, there are many different angles from which you can defend the Christian worldview. Each Today, each of us are going to be sitting in a chair, and we're going to be discussing the issue of today through the lens, but through a specific aspect. To my right, I have Josh. How are you this morning? Why, hello, good sir. I'm doing mighty fine this morning. How about yourself? Doing well. Coffee in hand. I'm ready to go. That's some good stuff. 10 ounces down, 20 more to go. <laughs> You're sitting in the chair of politics, aren't you? I am sitting in the chair of politics. I'm excited to address this topic today. It's a very interesting topic. Yes, sir. From the issue of the political nature of the Christian worldview and to his right, we have Miss Nikki. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? Morning. Doing fine. Caffeinated, ready to go. So... You'll be sitting in the chair of theology. Yes, ma'am. Glad to there have you go. There. Dealing with the reason why we believe what we believe. Only the scripture. Foundation of our faith. And to her right, my left, I have Mr. Steve. How are you, sir? Good morning, John Arthur. I'm doing very well. I see you you're doing very well too. Yes, sir. From the looks of it. Yes, sir. So <laughs> bright eyed and bushy tailed. <laughs> sitting in the chair culture today, aren't you, sir? Yes, sir, I sure am. Gonna Work it up real good. Kick it down the street. Yes, sir. Dealing with the counterculture that the Christian must bring to the culture that is developed. And uh, yours truly will be sitting in the chair of economics today, warming the chair of philosophy until someone else comes in. But uh, for now, let's have some fun. Let's start off with the premise. If you've read the title to this podcast, you know that we're discussing the metaverse. So first off, what is the metaverse? Does someone have that uh, description that I have in the group me? Someone pull that up? Yes, I have that description. Thank you, Josh. Do you want the one you posted at 10, 1033? Yep. Okay. So what is the metaverse and what does it promise? From Wikipedia, a metaverse is a network of 3D virtual worlds focused on social connection. In futurism and science fiction, the term is often described as a hypothetical iteration of the internet as a single, universal, virtual world that is facilitated by the use of virtual and augmented reality headsets. Okay. Pause right there. Let's think about that for a moment. What are we doing when we create a virtual world? This is, this is an interesting thought, and, and, and I think we're going to tackle this next week with escapism. We want to talk about escapism next week, but what do you think that we are ultimately looking for when we want to be able to identify or create ourselves in our own image? I think it can be categorized as an alternative reality. Absolutely. Now... There's nothing wrong with, with enjoyment, with play, with having, having a good time. The Bible has a lot of words in it about, uh, good words, about being able to enjoy and relish the blessings of God. Technology is a blessing, by the way. But, but there's a lot going on with the metaverse that could get very, very interesting if you start to seep into that, that, uh, that hole. Mm -hmm. So... Who is Meta? Now, for some of you who have been, well, I won't say living under a rock, but who was Meta, uh, Meta originally? And we, we have to sort of look at that. That would be Facebook. So there are a lot of interesting issues about privacy concerns because Facebook has had some... Problems? Really bad history. <laughs> really bad history. And, and, and again, every company is going to have a problem with data. You have data breaches all the time, but it's not the problem that they, the issue is not that they've had data breaches. The issue is, is how much have they surreptitiously garnered on you so that when they have a data breach, what happens to you? And people don't realize how much data Facebook and Google both collect from their users. I mean, I, I think one or two of us in this room have even talked about it, about uh, talking about something in front of their their Google device or their Apple device, and all of a sudden, well, it probably wouldn't be an Apple device, but all of a sudden they, they get an advertisement about what they were talking about. 
that's been a general thing in the in the ether, if you will. There are stories on this. Somebody is always listening. <laughs> when you have a smartphone, just turn on a Discord chat and leave it open for everyone to log into. And that's effectively what you've done with a smartphone. Now, let's imagine that you have something that's tracking your biometrics, your movements, your pupil, interpupillary dilation, because these have cameras in them, uh, especially the more, the more advanced ones. And actually, so far, none of the, the Oculus devices have that yet. But you know the HTC and some of these others have, I believe it's HTC, I know the, uh, the index has devices that measure pupil response and everything and eye movement. It's very, it's chilling actually when you think about it, but I don't think many people are thinking about it well, until you've had a breach and your identity is become uh, compromised. So people say, I have nothing to hide. <laughs> I have nothing to hide. Well, what about, and I'm, I'm going to read this out of, out of the draft of the article that will be unprovoked to reason. What about your, your whereabouts in regards to your children? Are you home now? Are they alone? And they have phones, most of them. Exactly. How about your habits? What about what happens in your bedroom and your bathrooms? By the way, if, if you're going to a full metaverse where everything is sort of included into this alternate world, ever, you know, think about that for a moment. You're going to eventually, a lot of people are going to go there. You, you have someone stripping away every part of your privacy. And when you have it all connected to the Internet of Things, your Google fridge, your, so they know your eating habits, how much you have. By the way, that sort of data, Fitbit has been used by insurance companies. Data from Fitbit has been used by insurance companies to, Miss Nikki's holding up her Fitbit, her smartwatch. Uh, it has been used to change deductibles or even cancel life insurance. And other insurance policies. No people who that's happened to. That's intrusive. Alexis. <laughs> oh man. Listen, uh, everybody has her in their every room. You ever notice how that thing listens to everything that goes on? Even when you say you turn it off? Yep. It hears everything. You say something and it's like, how did I turned that off. How did that thing know I was talking about that? Mm. It knew exactly what it don't, knew. Don't you wish your kids listened as well as Alexa did? <laughs> huh. Sorry for everyone. They always that stop. thing always knows what you're talking about. Kind of strange. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not going to make any jokes about uh, Alexa. I'll I'll, I'll. I'll mess that up intentionally. Uh, go buy uh, 1958 Dom Perignon from from Amazon Prime. I'm not going <laughs> to make that joke. <laughs> but but some, some people will stop listening. Um, but uh, just hearing just hearing that for some people is going to be the some people are going to turn off when we say that, and they're going to say, "Well, it's not a problem." Well, again, let's go a little bit further. Let's ask some other questions. When someone is able to pay for a profile of your personality from the data gleaned from your electronics or your children's. Think about that. That's not only your biometrics at, at risk, but that's also, I mean, it, it goes a step further. It's your buying habits. And then, of course, your biometrics. I mean, what you use to log into your computer, et cetera. So let's start to look at, you know, so what we'll, we'll we're going to bring out some stories in just a moment and talk about specifically how Meta has just really failed to uh, uh, to maintain their security. But first, but first, uh, we have Winston. He just slunk in. How are you? Yep, I slunk in like a slug. How, slunk um, in like a slug. Yep, I'm doing pretty well. How are y'all? Glad to have you on. I'm just glad you're here. We were talking about stringing up by your thumbs because you said that that was going to be appropriate. Yes, I, I did. So, just to make sure, uh, but, 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 uh, you're going to be sitting in the chair of philosophy, my good sir. All righty. So glad to have you in here. Now, 
Let's. It, by the way, he's on a different mic, so if you guys don't hear him, just understand that he's on a different part of the system. I can see his mic bounce over here. We're good to go. Everyone's looking. We, we have a new. We, we have a new setup here, and everyone's wearing headphones. Oh my gosh, it's almost like we're professionals. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> but, <laughs> he can hear himself. That's what's important. So, uh, next, moving forward. Let's look at some of the different things that Apple, or rather, excuse me, what Facebook has done. Some of the, the, the news and buzz about Apple changing their privacy policy. I want to first go to a Fortune uh, article where the article is, Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse may be as privacy flawed as Facebook. Down in the article, you can see that Facebook is no stranger when it uh, comes to uh, data privacy. Since its founding in 2004, the company has made numerous data blunders, most high, a high profile of which being the Cambridge Analytica scandal of 2018. Does anyone remember that? Mm -hmm. Someone was able to access, you know, they, they, they set up a trap, they grabbed all the information, and they were able to, is rogue researcher improperly used access user data and then sold it to a political consulting firm. I mean, that's, that's nuts. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is, is that it shouldn't happen. But because we are so indentured to Facebook. That is a true statement, unfortunately. They, no one should have that much information. No. And it, it's going to be really hard. But I think we can make a biblical case for why we should guard and steward our privacy better than how Facebook is doing it. And when we are on Facebook, look, I understand. I'm not saying that I don't have a Facebook account. I do. But if you go there, there's nothing on it. I, I manage people's you know, business and, and advertising. And that is a whole new level of creepy, by the way. I can, I can section advertising down to about 1,000 people in like a, a square block with, I forget if it's either Google or Facebook that gets me that granular. Like I, I can hit zip codes. And by interests and other things that Facebook has gathered, if that person's on Facebook, I can nail that down. You don't think that someone who's surreptitiously using it couldn't monitor the data and just purely from a passive monitoring standpoint figure it out. It's frightening. And, and, and by the way, those cookies, <laughs> deny those cookies because the Facebook pixel tracker and some of these other things that, that nail, they, they log everything that you purchased. And you don't even know that you have this browser data. It's just it's just e-waste that is just streaming. If you want to think about it this way, imagine taking all of your checks and all of your mail and all your receipts and then just streaming them out on a street. But the problem is, is they never go away. Correct. Someone can just walk by and pick it up. By the way, every site, think about that for a moment. Just think about that for a moment. But I'm saying Facebook has made it even easier. So the next one that I want to kind of look at, though, is it, it goes a step further. And there's been a recent bit of evidence that kind of plays that out. Uh, Mr. Johnson, are, yes, are you reading the show map right now? <clears throat> well, I was getting ready to send you. I want you to get, Bam. I want you to get this tech quote from ExtremeTech.com. This is in reference to Apple's recent privacy uh, limitations that they just put on their app, they can prevent an app from tracking, or at least ask the app not to track you and your data. This has caused an interesting data point when we watched Metaver Meta's stock tank in the last uh, couple of weeks. Go ahead and read that, that direct quote. Meta has finally put a price tag on Apple's decision to allow iOS users to opt out of allowing apps to track them, and it's a big number. We believe the impact of iOS overall is a headwind on our business in 2022. Is Meta CFO Dave Weiner in a transcript by CNBC? It's on the order of 10 billion. 10 billion. So it's a pretty significant headwind in our business. This man is thinking significantly <clears throat> excuse me only about the money <clears throat> excuse me there and so so again it's about money not people's privacy he is concerned about money only 
in that, and that's where it gets to be interesting. And I, I before we start to sort of, well, let me throw this around the room. I want to start with the theological chair here. When you have a company that is actively selling your data, and there, and it, it, it's 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 indiscriminately, and the, there's this huge override of of this whole this overflow of information that they have an abundance of holding over. Should we as Christians really submit our personal data over to that, or should we be tepid about that? I think there's a great deal of discernment that needs to come in to play here, um, because as a mother, now I have grown children, but as a mother, when I'm submitting information, it's also, I mean, I can't tell you how many times that my uh, grandchildren's pictures are on Facebook and it's showing the activities that they're doing, you know, and, and it's for the family and in, in our own minds, it's just for the people on our Facebook. And so you're submitting that information. And I don't think we as common everyday people who you know are just living normal lives are taking into consideration the danger for that, the danger of other people getting that information and what could be done with it. And I think if we, we thought about it more, I think we'd take more precautions because a wise man foreseeth evil and hideth himself. Exactly, and that's one of the verses I wanted to get to, so let's throw that out there right now. The The Lord has told us we need to be watching. We need to be watching. Moving over to the philosophical chair, just kind of following down the stream here. If someone's philosophy is purely based, and by the way, I don't think it's purely based on profit. I think there's some incredible idealism going on at Facebook. At, at Alphabet, at you know Google and YouTube, there's an incredible amount of of new utopianism. They want to reach a new political social order, and I, and that's going to become relevant when I come to the political chair in just a moment. But when you have a company whose philosophy is diametrically opposed to the Bible, not only do they not respect your privacy, but in fact they want to build a to every man his need, every man work to his ability, communistic society, and they want to furnish the opiate of the masses to do that. How should Christians respond to that company? Don't buy from don't don't make your assets available to them. Um, that's that's the thing that I think a lot of people are really afraid to do is to boycott a product. Um, there's one thing because our world is so financially driven where, I mean, the next quarter estimates, if they're not met immediately, the stock tanks and a lot of people lose money. Some people, hard, hardworking people lose money. I mean, oftentimes it's the CEOs, but they tranche and they, they hedge their bets. Um, it's the, while the amount of money that each individual may make is comparatively inf insignificant um, to a company, the um, just by sheer numbers, you can make some alterations to their plans. Absolutely. And, and, and that's the issue, is that we have someone has to take a stand on principle. Someone has to take a stand on principle. And I, I personally would not have... You know, I, I want to minimize the amount of data that I give these these tech giants, my personal data. It's kind of frightening. Now, moving over to the chair of culture. When you have a culture that has acquiesced to this sort of intrusive information gathering, we've now said that it's fine. I have nothing to hide. I'm, I'm good to go. What kind of... What kind of culture develops? I mean, it, doesn't this ultimately lead to a culture that is not, no longer self-reliant? A culture that is fine with Big Brother peering over the shoulder and also protecting them? Because we've given them our rights, they should also protect us. 
Well, yeah, you 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 end up re- having a a culture where you have people that rely on the government. They rely on either big tech or somebody to take care of them. A culture becomes open. Hey, I have nothing to hide. What happens then? Maybe your relationships become open. Sinful things start coming in. I don't care about what God has to say because why? Government says it's okay. Big tech says it's okay. I stopped thinking about what God's laws are. Big tech's laws, government's laws tell me this is okay. These things don't matter. God's laws are what matter. Government's going to take care of because they're go- everything else is open because, hey, it doesn't matter. I have nothing to hide. You've changed. You've changed your 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 worldview in a, in the trust that the government will <laughs> play nice and these companies will play nice with your data, and it, and and that's where it really gets interesting, because I I want to move over to the chair of politics now, because this is where it gets interesting. They, any of y'all in here watched the movie Ready Player One or read the book? I know that Winston has in some level. I know about it. You know about it. <laughs> this yes, man, I've seen the movie. The, the, this man, Winston, his his screen name is Winsant Player One. But uh, anyway, so he's no reference to the movie that was from high school. But but but, uh, if you were to create a utopia for the masses to enjoy, and, and, and we're seeing certain corporations line up with certain political parties right now. That, that that much is clear. If you were to create a communist agenda, something that stripped people of their identity, wouldn't it be politically expedient to have something for them to self-medicate with a second life? Well, the thing is with these companies that are coming in, there are certain politicians that whenever you go to these Senate hearings and they're grilling them about their data privacy breaches, and just about their data gathering in general, they're doing a pretty thorough job and a pretty thorough grilling and one that is definitely necessary so that we have all the information out there on what they're gathering. And even then, the tech companies will not tell you what they're gathering. Because here's the thing, they see people as valuable, but they don't see people as valuable in the way that God sees people as valuable. They see them as a number sign, as a dollar sign. And if you knew the value of a person based upon their dollar, you could do numerous nasty things with that number. You could do good things with that number, but you could really do some nasty things with that number. But going to the point of the people who are aligning themselves with some of these tech companies, if you're taking special interest money from Google or you're taking special interest money from AT&T or you're taking special interest money from any of these tech companies, and then you find out that this is what they're doing with the data and you're finding out that they're and you know that they don't have a reliable record of keeping your data secure i would seriously ask you to think do i want to align myself with a company like that when people or whenever i'm running for, for a position in office and people bring up the fact that I've taken this special interest money. Am I going to be proud of taking that special interest money? Am I going to be looked at as, man, that was, that was the right thing to do. Or is it going to ultimately be seen as a, Oh no, that man, he's hungry for money. He is completely money hungry, power hungry. You don't want to be known as the politician that's power hungry or money hungry doesn't end up favorably for you. Well, end up end up a step further and look at how God sees it. The love of money is the root, the root of, all, of all, evil. all evil. I mean, this is what we're talking about. This is why the data is so important is because it does provide a 
a lot of money for a lot of companies. And you look at some of these companies, and you look at how they've profited off of special exemptions, off of you know special protections under the law, and now they've gotten so big that they're effectively a sec. Uh, they're a in intellectual or a data information superpower. Well, also, just even going to them being an information superpower in the world of politics, didn't even explore this idea. But when you get a political ad, I mean, based upon your data, they can make that really... Well, even if it's not based upon their data, your data, they could make it favorable to one side or the other. Oh, absolutely. And we saw that in 2020. We absolutely saw that. Now, political ads have been used, you know, throughout, throughout the last of, yeah, yeah. T- 20 years on, online. But the targeting is, is, is really precise. My big issue is, is when they start to suppress or change ads that have been paid for, they're acting as a, as a donation in kind. But it goes a step further than all of that. When you have this information superpower that is able to shift elections, focus on on reshaping the hearts and minds of people you're now in a position where without a government takeover you can slowly pull the masses those who are undiscerning towards a one world state and a one world exactly and, and and that's that that's the long game and i think that's that's the adversary's long game well, I think we saw that uh, during this last election when uh, conservative voices were silenced on Facebook and Twitter, and um, the the left had all their that they wanted. They had all the access that they wanted, but any kind of article or even statement um, was censored. I, I was quote-unquote, put in Facebook jail for three days because of a statement that I made on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And that's, and, that's, and that's where it's going. <laughs> you don't believe, and this is kind of what I was asking, Josh, you don't think that there's an economic incentive for, for Facebook to self-regulate, for Twitter to self-regulate if they become part of the new regime, if we go to a one-world government? This is this is all setting up for the son of perdition for this absolutely one, for absolutely. this one world government. You have to have this infrastructure in place. Yes, and you have to be scared of this. This is this is eschatology right here playing out in front of us. I'm not scared. Those people should be scared though. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think it it really is. Uh, stop and think about how long humans have been on the earth, and in the last. 100 years, the inventions and where we've come from, from, you know, horse and buggy to going to the moon, the information on the Internet, everything is an instant. We watched Iran when we went against Iraq and bombed those cities. That was live. We saw that on television. Yep. I mean, uh, 50, 60 years ago, they would have to wait a couple weeks and hear it in the newspaper. We have everything right there. And so it is a sign of the times. And it's a reason that God did not allow us to get this kind of information anytime sooner. It's all in God's sovereign plan playing out. And again, just from the economic perspective, just understand the economy for time. Again, we're, we're going to talk about this next week, I think. I, I think we've kind of codified it. We're going to talk about escapism and the problems with escapism next week. But uh, that'll be a fun topic. And, and and where where that is and is not within the Christian purview, but just think about this: your privacy, your children's privacy, is incredibly valuable, because this 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 next story is really telling. There's an article from Bloomberg in the uh, uh, show map that we have here. Uh, I don't know if you have that there, Josh. Yes. So just read the headline to start out. Facebook must face claims linked to sex trafficking, judge says. Okay. So that, that, that gets more interesting. But there's so the third paragraph down where Facebook hasn't put effective safeguards. Go ahead and, and put that in play. 
Facebook hasn't put effective safeguards in place to block sex traffickers because it benefits from advertising to more than 2 billion users, according to the lawsuits. The women claim the company won't use advertising space for public service announcements regarding the dangers of sex trafficking. So some of this comes down to a matter of, of opinion, but the fact is is that you, you, you look at the stats, I think it's over 50%, it's around that number of people who are trafficked or trafficked by family members. Mm. The majority of the rest, the, you know, that, that plurality, a significant amount of that plurality is profiling and targeting off of social media. And again, I'm actually not like of the opinion that we should necessarily drill down on Facebook for this necessarily because it, it's a platform it's out there now when they're collecting surreptitious data you know uh, or data surreptitiously rather I, I think that's that's wrong the, the problem I have though with a lot of these tech companies is that they've gotten too much power way too much power like, like so much power to the point that the government is bowing down to the tech companies yep yep and then that, 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 was, that was where I was going to go next, absolutely. But before I even get there, I just want to say, you're, you're responsible for your own data. If you're entrusting it to Facebook, be, be aware. Because they are not responsible. And they go on to argue Section 230. But the problem is, is that they curate a lot of stuff. Section 230 is exclusively like a telephone company, which, by the way, now telephone companies, uh, I, I can throw this link in the article down below, but Telephone companies are now starting to potentially censor text messages, deleting certain right-wing websites out of text messages. Yes, I saw that in the article. It's quite uh, frightening. Chilling. Yes. It's chilling. Yes. So, but you see that these, these tech companies have no problem with abuse, but they, they certainly have an issue with a certain side of the political aisle being heard. So let's... Let's go ahead and throw that around the room. When you have someone, we're going to call Facebook, we're going to treat Meta, Facebook, like a individual because this company is acting, it's a bunch of people, but they're acting as, you know, one entity. If you have an individual, say, you know, and let's put this in biblical terms. Let's say that they're in the marketplace and they're buying and selling and you're buying and selling from them and they go over and they talk to someone. And they tell them, this is exactly what they bought. This is what they do. This is when they're at home. Let's say that they're in your home with your children. This is when your children are at home. And they tell everyone when your children are at home versus when you're at home. And they tell everyone. They, 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 have a, they allow their camera app to run constantly and listen. And so they can see when your phone is on your nightstand charger. By the way, the, these stories, they do come out. But man, they, they, they're quickly kind of like ignored. When you put your phone on your dock at night and it's right in front of your bed, think about what that camera sees. I'll just leave that there. When you have a person who's, if you, if you take it to biblical times, what would, that, what would the Bible say about that? Well, you know, I looked at that specifically, and I'm going to bring up some things Old Testament-wise. And, and you have to look at the laws that were laid down to protect people. And then you have to put it in, I mean, back then we weren't talking about stealing people's identity, but there are verses that talk about, do not remove the ancient landmarks. And it's talking about stealing somebody's property. And then they have verses in there about if you borrow your neighbor's ox and, and that ox dies in your care, you have to give restitution to your neighbor. And the point I'm trying to make is the personal property of people, there were laws that had to be followed out of respect and out of uh, what was right and what was fair. So nobody at that time was looking to steal your identity. We didn't have data like we do today. But the same concept applies. It's, it's a moral issue. And when you're stealing things or taking things from others uh, without permission— it's just biblically wrong to do so. It's morally wrong. It's ethically wrong. But you signed the, you, you signed the, uh, uh, you did, Eula. but you know what? How many, we don't read it. Okay. No, we're Eula. responsible. I'm, I'm going to, we're responsible. But we're just common people who are unaware 
of the mindset of people mining data for information for for profit. Ten that, billion dollars in stock drop just because you're not allowed to track your position. I, I, we just don't think that way. We don't think that way. And it and it when you're just telling me that I have to come up and I have to start thinking that way. Well, the first thing I want to do is get off Facebook. But I will, will tell you this. Yesterday, I talked to my aunt, who I have not seen in probably eight years. My aunt knows everything about my kids because of Facebook. She, I mean, we were able to talk about uh, my oldest one and their kids, and she knew them all, not because she met them, but because she saw them on Facebook. And it was really nice. It was a good feeling to know that she did not miss out on a lot of things of my family because of Facebook. And so on that side of it, that's really precious. Uh, we had a family member that we, we haven't seen in 25 years who got COVID, and he just passed away this week. We wouldn't have known that without Facebook. So you're, these are just common everyday people that are using Facebook for these, these reasons and not thinking about your identity being stolen or something happening like that. And that's, and that's really, that lends well to philosophy. I want to go to the chair of philosophy. Our time on this earth is short between, you know, z zero years to 120, somewhere in there, right? So that's not a lot of time in the grand scheme of things. When we have something that can be so disruptive as, say, privacy breach or data loss, but let's go a step further, when they're actively seeking to bring about, and, and I, I want to be careful, because there are a lot of people who work at Facebook, and a lot of people have no idea, and they're, and they're not part of that, that whole scheme. But there's, there's a movement from that entity that is intentionally in a cog bringing about the, the world that Antichrist will need. How should we, how should we tread there? Repeat the question. How should we deal with our data when it comes to entities like Facebook? Someone who is telling you or telling people where your kids are, where you are, what you eat, and they're, they've lost that data multiple times. How should we interact with that entity biblically? The, now, I would like to say they're stealing whether technically not because you agreed to it granted you didn't understand what the terms were um, not everybody can afford a lawyer to read every eula that pops up on their computer but i mean not only are they just absolutely horrendous at managing they've, they've mismanaged the data several times um but by and large that doesn't really matter to them because they don't they don't necessarily need that profit and they're going to make that profit regardless because they're just going to harvest some new data on you. Um, but you're dealing, I mean, it. the best comparison I can make is the uh, how the Jews viewed the taxpayers from Rome. They can make up whatever number they want. And as long as Rome gets their cut, they don't particularly care. Um, and, I mean, you can see how the Jews uh, reacted to the tax collectors, even if they were Jewish. And... I would say that we should limit our engagement, maybe, and oh. try to... Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, there's been... I mean, there was just uh, another study done over uh, the COVID, um, I guess, decade going on now. Um, but they, they found that especially young girls, especially young girls, between the ages of 13-ish to 20-ish, have a 50% a higher chance of forming some mental illness, whether that be depression, anxiety, whatever, if they used social media. I believe we covered that uh, about 15 episodes ago, but yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's... It was 20. The, um, if you want to go with like benefits versus the cons, the cons are starting to definitely outweigh the benefits. Um, it's no longer just about... I mean, and these there's wonderful stories of people like reconnecting with family and all that. Those are absolutely wonderful, and those happened a lot more way back in yesteryear. Um, 
but we have to consider what the cost is to our children, um, both mentally and spiritually, because um, ultimately we're paying. You're currently paying a cost that you don't know what the final total is. And that that right there, that right there, is the is the issue. And it's in the promise of there is a promise here. There is a promise being made with, especially with Meta. This new metaverse, there's a promise being made. You can have, and, and I'm making this argument here, you can have heaven on earth. You can have heaven on earth, but it's going to come at a cost. And par part of that cost, <laughs> Miss Nikki wants to say yeah. something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, she's biting her tongue. But isn't it also said that we give to Caesar what is Caesar, and we give to God what is God? Oh man, that's a that's a hmm? whole that's a whole interesting topic because right you have to look at the context of that and I know Josh and that is would thinking, Josh it's hard to see what's going on behind those eyes are probably spinning in his head. Yeah, there's no sleepy Joe today behind Only those cool. behind those glasses. Oh no, oh no, but culturally, let's move over to chair culture. Culturally, should we as Christians? reconsider our position with this company because you look at the bible you look at someone who's a tail bearer and and again we'll, we'll pull out a couple of verses here and we'll pull out some more in a bit but at proverbs eleven thirteen, a tail bearer revealeth secrets but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth a matter there is no privacy state there is no statement about data privacy in the bible but a wise man sees evil and protects himself. Correct. But the fool goes on and is punished. Correct. How should we as Christians tread culturally? Should we be a culture that is on Facebook? We should tread lightly. And also, it also says that those that are the watch bearer should also let those know when danger is coming. So we as Christians should also let those know when danger is coming. We have also been told that if we see danger and we're not letting those know when danger is coming, we are also committing a sin also. We are at fault if we are not letting those know when danger is happening. We are just, we're at fault. It's, it's our responsibility. We have been given that responsibility. Absolutely. And, you know, as, a, when, as a bearer of, of watcher of the wall. When the watchman on the wall has not spoken. Exactly. The blood shall be at his own head. That's a serious issue. Moving over to the chair. Very politics. serious. Absolutely. Moving over to the chair politics. I, I, I want to dig just a little bit further because you started to talk about, about the Senate hearings about 230, Section 230, which is a law that allows, you know, meta- Twitter, Facebook, Meta, Twitter, all these other companies to act as uh, utilities. If they're acting as a utility, as a public square, then and they're not curating any data or any information, well, okay, that you can't you can't sue them or you can't pursue them. But once they start curating their information, they're now guilty of libel. And they're guilty of all sorts of child pornography uh, scandals. They're, and, and again, I'm going to cover an article in just a moment. Or actually, no, 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 we already did cover that article, excuse me, where some of that has come out. But there, there's more. There's more data on that. Should they still be protected under 230 if they've been curating a lot of these political issues, if they've been curating a lot of church issues? Well, I mean, curating content. Well, I guess they are, is there a distinguishment between curating content and curating information? So, basically, publishing. They're like a newspaper at this point because they've been changing the content put up there by contributors. Mm. So, one would argue. Some some Christians want to say, "Well, we want to break up Facebook. We want to regulate it. We want to do this. We want to we want to have a big government solution for this problem." I would submit to you that a big government solution is never is never the solution. 
it's a it's a godly solution. You look at what they've done, they need to pay restitution for all the harm that they've caused. And because they have stepped outside of the umbrella of being protected under 230 as a company that is doing um, utility service, they, they, they have violated that. So they have put themselves in a position where now they should be sued for restitution for all the damage that that company has done. Yeah, that'd be a pretty pretty lengthy lawsuit. I don't <laughs> know how. I, I, yeah, I don't know how they would ever get that resolved. But yeah, it, I, I guess my biggest problem, though, I don't know how the government is going to achieve that because the thing is, the tech company is holding all the cards. Like they have the deck. Well, they there's one snippet at the bottom. There's one last thing that we have, and it's that section two thirty issue. If they can be sued into oblivion by all the people who've been harmed by the negative traffic that Facebook did not clean up, refused to clean up, because they've started curating content recently, that's the only that is the only legal avenue that we have. Anything that affects the bottom line will make change within the company. Any, I mean, if I did read in one of the articles that uh, they lost users. They actually had a decline in users. And I think that more of this information that gets out scares people and and they'll stop using. But if they can be sued and they have to pay restitution, um, they will will change the way they do business. Everybody does. Absolutely. And that's the thing. We we have a legal recourse here. Mm Mm-hmm. We as Christians should probably use it. And that's the thing. Money really speaks. I guess, could could I ask you a question? What would you like to see as a change, as some like notable changes going forward if they're able to get something like that? For Facebook? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I'm, I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound really bad. I want to see, see Facebook sued for all of the defamation, which includes their subtext underneath a lot of different people who are on a certain side of the political aisle. They put, and they will absolutely ban and block people and say that there's disinformation. All of those people who've been blocked, by the way, you know, I'm, I'm going to say something a lot of people are going to freak out. I've met the Proud Boys. I met the guy who at the, at the current time was the VP. These are dudes who literally just lock arms and stand outside of shops that are getting destroyed. Yes. That is mm-hmm. literally what they do. Someone comes up with a bottle, they say, nope, you ain't doing that. Nope, nope. And then and it, and inevitably devolves into a fight. But I'll say this. I'll say this. If the police aren't doing their job, I don't have a problem with someone standing outside of a door and then defending themselves. Correct. You know what we don't look a lot at on a lot of these tech companies or board members? Look at Zuckerberg, Facebook, CEO. But there's board members on these companies. He's a, he's a public whipping post. Exactly. But you have board members that make decisions for this company. Now, these board members have lots of money also that get a lot of money out of this company. They make billions of, of dollars. Now, depending where their values and morals stand. If they're not godly people, let's say their idea is to do what? Destroy society, destroy the culture. To re, to, for the purpose of reimagining it in their own image. Correct. So, And they're seeing it being destroyed in the way, and they're seeing people complain hey, we're headed in the direction we want. We have personal income. We have billions of dollars that we can sink into it. It's doing what we want. So go ahead, Josh. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I'd also say, though, that, the, that while the board members or the board of directors or who, however they have that whole thing structured at Facebook, well, they also well they hold a lot of power, and they obviously hold a lot of the decision making power. I would say that that they really are bending the knee to the consumer in this regard. In this respect, that if 
they lost all of their shareholders that they wouldn't have a leg to stand on and they would have to reconsider how they're making decisions oh, I to be a viable company. And so I do believe that at a certain point, the consumer has to take responsibility Absolutely. for their decisions. And, and I guess that's the thing going forward. Are you going to make a decision on, on this topic? And that's, and that's really exactly. And, and so just to finish answering your question completely in total, I don't think Facebook is quote unquote or meta, whatever they rebrand themselves as is salvageable because, and, and here's why they have an agenda and no, they're, I'm, I'm not talking about the, the Facebook's not turning the frogs gay. I'm, I'm, I'm actually being serious here. There is an agenda here to create something that is, that is addictive, that they do have control over the information flow. And that, that already is lending very well to a revelation-esque time frame. Look, prof- prophecy will be fulfilled as written, not necessarily as interpreted, but as written. I am all for us being the best stopgap in the you know in the breach as long as possible. Come some come soon, Lord Jesus. But if we can be part of the remnant that's actually making a positive difference, that can be holy and set aside. Man, that's what that's what I want to be. And when it comes to interacting with some of these companies, let's be careful how we how we interact because our time is valuable. Our time is short, and the reason we're still here, again, I say, I've said this before, the reason we're not just raptured up the moment we say, you know, forgive me, Lord, I submit my life to you, You're, I'm yours, is because you were bought with a price and bought for a purpose. Correct. You are Correct. here, you are still here to make disciples of the nations. Notice I didn't say evangelize. Make disciples of the nations. So we need to make sure that, and again, we're going to talk about escapism next week. But you need to make sure that your time is spent well. Do you really need to spend as much time on social media? And by the way, this is as much at myself as anyone. I, I don't spend time on Facebook. My, my, my advice is YouTube. I'll be listening to something at work, and then the thing will end, and I'll, I'll click on the YouTube to see the suggested. And I have to say, stop, 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 work. Uh, you know, that's, it's addictive. And it was made to be addictive. But while they're doing all of that, they are gleaning your information they're gleaning your data and there is no privacy josh (laughs) dang man did you ever get that gay test advertisement no dang i guess they they found me out no i'm joking facebook outed josh oh no (laughs) they declosited josh is that a word declositing just i wanted to address a a topic that Josh had mentioned and, and was talking about the government. And what's interesting is, is you have the government, the government run by individuals who mostly people think about it are attorneys. You have people that are hired by a lot of tech companies and large companies that are go and talk to these government people, our representatives and senators to influence these people with money and talk to get their ideas proposed to them by these large companies. They are attorneys also you get attorneys to talk to other attorneys they speak the same language yep they talk very well to each other they influence each other much easier than another attorney talking to say a doctor a businessman or someone else who is in another type of work. Attorneys are easier to influence other attorneys because they talk the same language, they work on the same levels. It doesn't matter. They all walk down the same road. If you're talking about the D.C. bubble, the D.C. bubble is real. 
Is that what you're referring to? Yes. The, the DC bubble, if you've ever gone there, it, it's, it's unreal. Like if you've ever actually had the chance to be in a, in a political group that's gone to DC, it is a different world, just like it is in these tech companies. And that's really the problem. They're detached not only from reality, well, I would say reality, and therefore also the Bible. And that's the thing. That's the thing. We're giving, we're entrusting ourselves over to folks who have absolutely given themselves over to a different worldview. So let's make sure that we that we think about what we're consuming, how we're consuming it. Mr. Johnson put this one uh, Bible verse uh, on the show map here, Matthew 6, 23. Before we, I send it around the room, I want to just add this verse. Go ahead. The eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. Make sure that what you're putting into your heart and mind is not mindless drivel and darkness. Correct. And the light that comes into your eye is not darkness. Where does a lot of this VR stuff that you're going to escape through come into into your eyes? Now, that, I mean, we're talking some, you know, out there stuff, you know, and you think about. <laughs> but it's like was mentioned a little earlier how it creates anxiety depression yeah and then you've got this light that it's strapped straight to your eyes with this vr doesn't escape around anywhere it beams straight into your eyes how much anxiety depression and any other types of problems it's going to cause well the biggest issue is that it's often a crutch in some of these situations, and it's going to become a crutch for self-image, which, again, we're going to talk about that when we get to this escapism. But for now, our time is wrapping up this week. I want to start off with the chair of theology. I want to read uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.11. That's where I was going. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead and read it then. You <laughs> and that it. you study to be quiet and do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. Be quiet. Do your own business. Your business, not other people's business. Make sure that you're living a quiet, peaceful, private, as necessary life. Correct. Chair philosophy, just wrapping up the day. When we choose where to spend our time, our energy, and our resources, what should be the guiding principles that we go to? Scripture, I mean... It's pretty obvious. Uh, well, the one thing you have to be careful of is one, whatever you spend a lot of your time, money, whatever, um, you're going to be heavily influenced by that. And it's going to not necessarily go linearly, but it's going to react accordingly to however much time or money that you spend on it. Well, and uh, that's exactly correct. And I want to add one, one bit. One bad word takes 10 good words from the Bible to drive it out, in my experience. You know, I hear one, one, one curse, obscenity. Man, I have to get in Scripture. Otherwise, what comes in, bounces around, it comes back out. Unless there's something holding the gap and filling that space. Make sure that you have something filling that space. Over to the chair of culture. Sir. How should we be building up the church and the culture? Should we be someone who's primarily online or should we be striving, striving to make personal interactions? Personal interactions. We need to be in the church. We need to be out talking to people. We need to be on the street. We need to be going out. One reason that I've gotten away from one thing that I considered my life, which was for so many years, 30 years teaching martial arts, was that it got in the way of me being with the church and doing and being with people, getting the God's word out. It got in the way of doing that 
because my calling is that, not teaching that all the time. When I have time to do that, that's okay. I can do that. But my calling is doing God's work. And that's what I see that needs to be done because we got to have personal interaction. We got to do that. Talk to the people. Let them know that God is God and He wants to save you. He is there. He has sacrificed His Son. Jesus has done it. He died on the cross. He has done for you, me, everyone, past, present, and future. Amen. He is there for you. And that's the news we should be about. Moving over to the political chair. When we are looking for solutions to these problems, we have remedies in front of us, but they're hard. Should we be pursuing those instead of more big government? To me, the, the solution's really simple in this regard. Get, just get off social media. Just delete all your social media. It'll help. I've, I've lived my whole life not actually being on social media as a person. It's not that bad. It, I promise you, you're not missing out on because the thing is, you'll you'll try and tell yourself this lie that you're missing out on stuff by not being on social media. Let me tell you, as someone who thought that, because I, I was really concerned. I thought, you know, but how am I going to know how this person's doing, and how am I going to know? Well, if I don't have their number, then to be quite frank, if I don't have their number, then that person probably wasn't that close to me. Uh, just being really frank, I'm not saying that that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be close to them, but it probably means that they're not close to us. And guess what? Whenever I deleted my social media, such as Facebook, I tell you what, a month went by and I never thought about, I was not thinking about, I mean, I was thinking about those people, but I really wasn't like, dang, I, I can't believe that. I, I don't know what those people are doing. It, 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 you, you don't, you don't have that Cut stress that of your off. mind. It, you have pretty good peace of mind and also it's less time distraction so good stuff you, you mean you didn't get on there to make sure you could wish someone a happy birthday every day mm. <laughs> yes sir I had, to, I had to wish i had to wish my my fellow joes i had to wish joe cool a, a fellow happy birthday oh man the solution is not necessarily governmental it is private but there are a lot of private people who have the opportunity to sue for a better better tomorrow. But I'll leave that for another podcast. Economically, guys, choose how you spend your time and your money wisely. You only have so much time. And make sure that if you're, Winston said it well, uh, off, off mic, he kind of alluded to it here. Do you spend, do you love God as much as you love whatever? And think about it, in your free time, of your free time, how much time do you spend in the Word? How much time do you spend evangelizing to others? Do you actually go out and try to grab someone and start to talk to them? And then once you've talked to them, have you asked them, is, do you have a church home? Do you know where you can get one? Make sure that we're, not, that we're about evangelizing. And we're not just about evangelizing. We're also about discipling, because that's the goal. Evangelization is not the goal. Discipleship is. Make sure that you're using your time wisely. The treasure built up in heaven, by the way, that's laid at Christ's feet as an offering of praise. But I want to have the biggest crown I could possibly have to lay at my Savior's feet. It's the least I can do. Woe unto me, for I've only done what I was told. Make sure that we're about our maker's business. With that said, thank you so much for joining us today. If you like this podcast, uh, share it. Again, we are barking up on 20,000 views. Guys, thank you so much for the listens. So, <laughs> it's this has been a and great we just ride. We're, we're, we really appreciate your your listenership. Uh, hopefully, we'll be we'll be moving also to YouTube shortly. Uh, we're we're working on, on on doing that. That'll be a lot of fun. But um, like, comment, share, subscribe. Your reviews on uh, iTunes, everywhere else, are greatly appreciated. At provokedtoreason.com. If you have an argument that we missed, go ahead and put it down there in the chat, provokedtoreason.com. There'll be an article about this there, and go ahead and tell us from which chair you're arguing. If you didn't like this podcast. Well, God loves you, and we do too. <laughs> Hope you have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Yes, bye. bye. You, but bye the corporate bye. overlords don't. All right. <laughs> All right. So if, 
if you are still here, you either liked it or we put you to sleep going around the room. Uh, Josh already alluded to it. How much, how much social media do you do? I mean, YouTube is about it. That's about it. I do get on Facebook once a day. Just I skim through real fast to see if about family. And I do have some things that I follow on YouTube. I subscribe to some channels. Yep. I've got a LinkedIn, but I forget about it. <laughs> Moving over. Well, I used to do Facebook. I shut it down about a month ago, and I've got a couple of subscriptions to some neat things on YouTube, and that's about it. Yep, that's about YouTube's about it. I scroll through to check uh, for the business pages I help run, but that's about it. So, hey, guys, it's not that hard. By the way, uh, whether or not you think we're losers, uh, you can have a life without without Facebook, okay? Love you so much, beloved. Have a great day. Love Bye. You guys. Bye, everyone. Bye.